As we walk into the next few weeks of Thanksgiving, I want to point your hearts and heads and minds and motives towards this phrase that we just shared. Because of everything, we must be grateful that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And so over the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about this never-ceasing love, this continually arriving, ever-flowing, never-ending, stable, steadfast, unshakable love that God has for us and is revealed in Jesus. And so today, I want to talk about what this steadfast love means. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you're watching at home, if you're on the app, turn to this book about two-thirds of the way through the Old Testament called Lamentations. Now, Lamentations isn't normally a book that we spend much time in because really Lamentations is a journal that has been written after a very dark period in human history and in the history and the story of God. Many people believe that this book, this letter, this journal was written by Jeremiah. Some would say it's a combination of lots of other writers that maybe Jeremiah has put together. And Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet primarily because of the things that he expresses in this book. What's just happened is that the city of Jerusalem, God's city, the, the place where God lived, the place that had been prophesied about and hoped for and spoken into, had been destroyed. And many of the people of God had been destroyed with it. And so Jeremiah and some of the others who managed to escape go to this time of lament. And their laments are captured on paper and put in this book called Lamentations. Now, now lament, translated from the Hebrew, literally means how. To lament is a time to sit down, often in your pain, when you don't understand what's going on, and to say, how? How did this happen? Why did this happen? What's going on in me that needs to understand what happened then as I prepare to move forward into the next? Often after a national crisis, there's one group of people who say, oh, we need to live in that crisis, and we need to, 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 to sit in that pain for a long time. There's another group of people who say, man, that was tough, but we just need to move on, to rush right forward into what's next. And that's not particularly healthy either. And so scripture offers this third way, this way of lament, this idea of sitting before God and saying, how? 
And as this book of Lamentations unfolds, you can see the change that takes place in Jeremiah's and the writer's hearts. They start off bitter and angry and frustrated, and then they end with the restoration of hope that prepares them to move forward again. One of the problems in our society is that we've forgotten the importance, probably because it's so difficult, of sitting in lament and saying how and letting God respond to us. So in the middle of his pain, when the grief is fresh and broken and ruined, and he's asking these how, what, why questions. Jeremiah meets with God, and that meeting with God transforms him to move forward into the next season of his life. If we go too slow, it's not healthy. If we go too fast, that's not healthy. He sits in this lament, and it's in this lament that he meets God, and it's in this lament that he's able to say these words, Lamentations chapter 3, Verse 22, you'll see in Lamentations chapter 3, there are actually 22 sections, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. That's a story for another day. In the midst of his lamentation and his pain and his struggle, he says this, because of the Lord's faithful, steadfast love, we will not perish for his mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I will say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait. Good to the person who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. He's writing this in his journal. He's writing it in the midst of losing everything. But as he's sitting in lament, he says, despite everything that's been, despite my uncertainty about what's ahead, one thing I know, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And he ushers and he utters these transformational, remarkable words about the love of God that tell us three things about God and about the love that he has for us. The first thing that he wants us to understand about this never-ceasing, steadfast love that we can find in both joy and in pain is that it is foundational to God and foundational to the faithfulness that God extends to us. Because of the Lord's faithful love. The word Lord here is Jehovah. It's not always that way in the Old Testament. There are several ways that the, the, the Hebrews would talk about God. Most of them described what he did. Or some of them described who he was. 
But right here, Jeremiah uses the name of God. He makes God personal. This is Jehovah. Why does he make God personal? Because he wants us to know that in the middle of difficult times, our God is not different, not defined by what he does for us, not defined by the traits he has, but defined as a friend, as someone who wants to be known by us because he knows us. Because of the Lord's, our faithful personal God's faithful love, we do not perish. This faithful love, this steadfast love as we lean into it here is an interesting word as well. The Hebrew is hesed, H-E-S-E-D. It's a word that for thousands of years, nobody really feels that they've translated well. In fact, it's used hundreds of times in the Old Testament, but almost every time it means something different. This word is kind of like a a, a crock pot of different expressions of love that are, are put in the pot, melted together and stirred before being poured out to us. This steadfast love combines the ingredients of mercy and kindness and goodness and mercy, fullness and favor and God's goodness and grace. And you put all those little traits of love together and you stir it in the pot and you get this hesed, steadfast love. One of the traits about this love is it's very thick, it's very stable, it's very sticky. Those are my words to, 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 to try and talk about how, how rich this love is. And a significant component of it is it's not, this, not just this kind of stew of little loves, but it's a, a stew that kind of sticks to us. Have you ever had some, some soup or some stew that you can just kind of feel it sticking to your insides as it's going down because it's just so heavy and so rich and, and so good? That's the kind of love that he's talking about here. It's a, a steadfast love. It endures forever. It, it connects to us kind of like Velcro. You, you know, the little clips and the little little hooks. And then once that little clip and that little hook is connected, I realize I'm mixing metaphors here, but you can do that when there's a word that can't be translated in any other way, right? It's almost like the hooks and the, 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 the clips are clipped together, and then, then Gorilla Glue is poured over it. <laughs> because it's not coming undone. It's this hybrid, super mix of all kinds of loves that God offers to us and wraps itself around us and we simply say that that love is steadfast. In a world that's forever changing, in a world that invites instability, God says, let me give you this hazard, this stable love that ain't going anywhere that's full of mercy and grace and peace and hope. 
that loves you on the inside and outside, that's full of compassion and care. That's the steadfast love of God. And this love is foundational to our relationship with God. Because of this love, he says, we do not perish. We throw ourselves around this love. When the world around us is falling away, we hang on to this steadfast love that never goes away for his mercies are new every morning. You know, so, so often when we uh, transact and we're, we're talking in, in, in love, if we've got this kind of love tank, right, there are often things that happen that deplete that tank, right? Oh, I'm going to go and uh, love that, that person today, and then we meet them and they say something, and oh, I'm not going to love them quite so much now, and it depletes our love tank, right? In our humanness and in our brokenness, love leaks. But God says this steadfast love, it comes to you new and fresh every morning. We try to love throughout the day. We try to care. We try to express this, this hesed, but we can't because we're not God. And, and the love leaks from us and we go to bed and we wake up in the morning. And because of God's mercy, God giving us something we don't deserve, he fills up this steadfast love tank again. So we can start to love him and we can start to love others every day because of the Lord's faithful, steadfast Stewy, sticky, hessed love. We do not perish, for his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. He writes this sentence, and it's almost like he has to stop and shouts out, Oh God, how great is your faithfulness! My city's destroyed. Maybe you could see the clouds still billowing in the distance. Many of the people that he loved and he knew God loved had perished. But he said, God, when I think of your steadfast love that doesn't change even in the worst of situations, all I can say is great is your faithfulness. And the only response that we can give to God's faithfulness is to do our best to be faithful back, right? The challenge to the church, the challenge to the people of God, the challenge to me as love leaks out of me is to say, God, would you make me faithful again? Would you make us faithful again? Would you help us respond appropriately to your faithfulness? You are faithful to us. Calls, call a response of faithfulness out of us. The first thing we need to understand about this, this hesed, this steadfast love, is that it becomes the foundation of our lives from a faithful God. Second thing about this love, next verse. Jeremiah, or whoever is compiling writing in this journal, says this. I say... The Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my 
hope in him. This word portion literally means the Lord is enough. He's everything I need. Whatever I'm going through, he's got. Whatever the future holds, he's there. He's enough. St. Augustine once said that our hearts will always be restless until our hearts find our home in God. What he's saying there is that almost our our heart is like a, a tank that needs to be filled, that needs to be filled with enough so that we can be full and we can be satisfied. And the reality is that so often we go through our life trying to fill up this tank, right? And so often we go up trying to, trying to fill it with all the wrong stuff that we find in all the wrong places. If only I could have a little bit more money, maybe my heart's fuller. If only I could have a little bit less stress, If only I could have a little bit more control. If only so-and-so would act differently. If only I could get over this thing in me. We look for love to fill up this tank. But Jeremiah says from a place where his tank is empty, the steadfast love of God is enough. When we realize that God is enough, it changes everything. It changes how we view people. It changes how we spend our money. It changes how we deal with situations. It changes how we respond to stress. It changes our priorities. We spend so much time trying to fill up this tank with stuff that doesn't matter, that doesn't ever satisfy, and we neglect this truth from Jeremiah that this steadfast, hesed love of God is enough. It it would make sense to me that as we go about the business of our life, rather than spending all kinds of time trying to fill up this tank in our heart, that we would start by letting God fill up our heart. That that we would make the first prayer, the first desire, the first action of every day to invite God's hesed, steadfast love to fill up our heart. That way, as we go about our day, we're not functioning from an attitude of, of sparsity. What do I have to get? We're living from a life of abundance. If Hesed is our portion, if it's enough, then we have everything we need. Well, when Jesus came, he said, What? I've come that you can have life and have it abundantly. He's saying, I've come that your heart can be filled, that you won't have to, to dance around and mess around with all these lesser loves that come and go and will never satisfy that yearning and that whole. And that hope in your heart, because of the Lord's steadfast love, we do not perish, for His mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I will say to the Lord, you are my portion. You are enough. And therefore, I will put my hope in you. Again, 
We put our hope in all kinds of dumb things, in dumb places. And Jeremiah says, this God that has a steadfast love towards me, that is more than enough for me, that gives me abundance and fullness, I'm with that guy. I'm going to put my hope in him. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. What is this love? It's the foundation of a faithful God. It is more than enough for us. And thirdly, let me say this. This is a love worth waiting for. This is a love worth waiting for. Verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now I was thinking, why did this verse follow that verse? There's this great promise of the Hesed, faithful, filling, abundant, hope-giving love of God. But then followed by that is this promise that often we have to go through waiting to get it. That often we have to seek God before we can receive it. That sometimes we need to just wait quietly. In the midst of all the noise around us, we just need to wait quietly for God to bring about his salvation. I think God wants to teach us to wait and to wait patiently because it's in the waiting and in the patience as it is in the lament that God does his best transformative work in us. Hesed's available. It's available now. It's available always. It's available to fill up your heart. But sometimes it doesn't always feel like that. Sometimes we need to work some stuff out in our life before we're able to fully receive it, right? And to do that, sometimes we have to wait and to sometimes we have to seek. And sometimes we have to be patient. But as we wait and we seek and we're patient... There's a nuance to these words in the scripture that says we must do so expectantly. We're not waiting in frustration. We're waiting in hope. We don't give up and get frustrated and quit and go our own way. Because God's made a promise to us that he wants to, to give us this love. We're in this we're in this period right now of living in the now with all that God has for us, but also in the not yet, because all God has prepared for us isn't yet with us. Does that make sense? So we can wait and we can seek and we can be patient 
expectantly because God's done what he needs to do, but what he's done hasn't been fully realized among us yet. I was reading a book this week that compared this idea to the end of World War II. You know, on June 6th, 1944, we had D-Day, right? Which was really the, 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 the tipping point in the war where the allies came together. We, we, we worked it out, and for all intents and purposes, that's when, when the war was won. But it wasn't till 11 months later on May 6th that we celebrated VE Day, Victory in Europe Day, right? The war was won, but victory wasn't fully consummated and celebrated yet. There was this waiting period. After the work of the cross and before the return of Jesus, we're in this waiting period. There is the hesed love of God that is stable and steadfast and fills us. We get to receive it now. But there's a day coming when that victory will be complete. And so we wait knowing that the fullness of all God has for us is worth waiting for. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What is Jeremiah in his journal of pain saying? He's saying, make God and his love for you the foundation of your life. Realize that this love is your portion. It is more than enough for you. And realize that if you don't have the fullness of it yet, which you don't, it is worth waiting for. Because God has incredible things for us as his love is more and more and more manifest in our life. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That was God's promise in brokenness all those years ago. That promise was fulfilled on the cross. Hundreds of years later, when God gave us a picture of what steadfast love looked like, that he would send his one and only son because of that steadfast love to love a world that did not know him. And the work of Jesus on the cross his death in our place for our sins, his resurrection from the dead that defeated the powers of death was D-Day. But we're people who know there's a whole lot of life to live before that great and glorious final celebration where the fullness of the steadfast love of God that never ceases is seen gloriously by all. I want to remind you today as we begin this month of thanksgiving 
that out of everything we're grateful for, we must be and we can be grateful for the steadfast love of the Lord that never ceases. It is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness.